Hey guys, so welcome to the episode called Four Weddings and a Baby. Oh my gosh, so much has happened in the last month. It's, it's insane. On, actually, it's been more than a month. So you're going to hear clips in this episode um, recorded by me earlier in August. And then some of this was recorded really recently um, after the Bachelor in Paradise finale. Um, so stay tuned. Um, I'm going to discuss the four weddings of August. If you don't know them, they are... Ashley and Jared, Crystal and Goose, Rachel and Brian, and my wedding. So I'm going to talk about all four weddings. Um, and then the baby that was born, uh, Tanner and Jade had a baby. So I'm going to give you some brief updates about all four of those weddings, some insider information, and then I'm going to go straight to paradise. Um, and gosh, you know, honestly, I didn't recap the entire season. I explained why in a little bit. But uh, I'm going to give you a recap of where we're at now with the finale and where these people are today as we speak. So stay tuned. Hello, hello. Oh my gosh. It feels like forever since I have recorded myself, honestly, since I've released anything because quite frankly, I haven't had any time to edit. Um, But hi guys, I'm back. Uh, so it's Mary Lee, and I am recording for the first time as a married woman. All right, maybe you're not yelling. I'm screaming inside. Um, yeah, it's really exciting. I got married last weekend. Uh, yeah, it's been a whirlwind. Anyone who's married listening to this? I don't know how you were. I know everyone is very different. Some people are very nonchalant and not over planners and just are like, I'm getting married. No big deal. And other people are like me and they become a mini bridezilla. Um, (laughs) But I don't think I was a bridezilla. Uh, I hope I wasn't. No, I really don't think I was. I just think I was very particular and had so much attention to detail in every part of our wedding. Um, yeah, it was a blast. We had 10 months to plan our wedding. Um, by the way, if you're not into wedding planning, you just want to know bachelor updates. I'm going to get to that. Just give me like two minutes, but basically, um, yeah, I had 10 months to plan our wedding. Um, I picked everything out from literally the order and the precise songs that my string quartet played. They played, I think it was nine or eight or nine songs in total. And I picked every single one and the length of the song. Um, I also picked, handpicked every song my band played. Um, (laughs) And by the way, Ashley and Jared, I just read this, they did the exact same thing. So I don't feel as crazy. I really don't. Like music means a lot to me. Obviously, music and film mean a lot to Ashley and Jared, and I just find it really ironic. Um, they they got married a week before me. By the way, I think I got engaged before them, so it's not like I plan my wedding around them. Clearly, that'd be weird. But um, I find it really interesting that I read that they handpicked all the songs that the DJ played, that the ba- maybe not the DJ, but that the band played, and that the music before their wedding that was played. So very particular. I don't think any of my friends did that in any of their weddings. Uh, I know my sister, when she got married, picked the songs, but 
she was also privy to what my parents liked. Whereas with me, I was like, okay, nope, I'm going to do the research and find exactly what I would want and then play it for my fiance, see if he likes all these songs, handpick the order in which these songs are played, what makes sense, what creates a specific mood. Um, So yeah, anyway, if you are listening and went to my wedding and you loved it, I hope you loved it. I hope you had a great time. Um, Yeah, it was just a really fun planning the last 10 months and trying to create a mood for my guest and a mood for me and my fiance, now husband, you know, to just kind of really be at ease and feel romantic in and um, just, I really think in life, you remember things by the sense of smell, taste, touch, and sight, you know, using our five senses. And I really use that. So I had like uh, a smell. I had a candle lit in the room while we were getting married. I had bought a special perfume that um, would mean something to my husband and I before the wedding. Um, It's the brand Lilabo. And I, it's a Santel, which one? 33. We went on a vacation a few years ago and, um, the hotel amenities were all that scent. And I love that scent. I used to work at a place that had that scent all over the hotel. So, um, anyway, that's what I wore on my wedding day and, uh, we'll plan to wear in the future. Um, yeah, the the sites, we wanted the very specific site of like flowers and decor and I wanted a lot of gold and pink accents and uh, yeah, anyway, I just think it's really fun. So if you are planning your wedding or dreaming it up in your head, just put that little nugget in the back of your mind. Like at the end of the day, people are going to remember what they ate, so what they tasted, what they smelled what they saw, what they heard. They're going to remember things through their five senses. So just keep that in mind when you're planning. Um, And yeah, that's what I did. So anyway, it's really fun. I had no sleep the week leading up to my wedding. Uh, Average maybe three hours a night, maybe four on some nights. But the night before the wedding, I had two and a half hours of sleep which is crazy. Um, totally self-inflicted, uh, you know, just like anxiety over everything going right. And me writing my notes to, you know, bridesmaids to my husband and I don't know, just making sure everything was perfect. So I wouldn't forget anything. It's crazy. So, um, anyway, so I've had hardly any sleep or I had had hardly any sleep didn't get to edit my podcast. So here I am a week after my wedding and now I'm ready to give you updates. So, okay. So as you know, Ashley and Jerry got married August 11th. It wasn't the 10th. They got married the 11th. They got married on Sunday. Um, and I got married that following Saturday. So, um, that being said, I was really out of bachelor nation. I didn't even watch paradise, right? Who doesn't watch paradise the week of their wedding? Actually, maybe I did watch Paradise. That's a lie. I think I watched Paradise before my wedding, but not in the right time. And then I did not watch Paradise right after we got married. So definitely a little behind. But I want to give you an update on just other things in Bachelor Nation. 
Okay, so four weddings and a baby, you say. Well, I just told you about my wedding in detail to some degree. Um, I'm going to give you some more updates about these other weddings. Uh, but before I do, quick update on where we're at now. Um, it's mid-September. The summer has flown by. And so I want to cue you guys in on who has broken up, who got engaged, and who got married, Okay. So broke up. So later in this episode, I talk about some of the successful couples from Paradise. Well, I have read and found out that Connor and Whitney broke up. That's right. They already broke up. So the relationship lasted. They actually dated through the end of August. Um, They went to Rachel and Brian's wedding together. Whitney is a good friend of Rachel Lindsay's. And um, at the filming for the Paradise Reunion, decided mutually to break up. So that's the update there. But let's go to happier news. People get engaged. Um, I want to give you guys several engagements um, from this year alone. And I swear they're going to keep coming. It's really cool. I think the Bachelor world, when you're thrust into it, it kind of forces people to evaluate like what do they really want love what do they really want in a partner and you see a lot of these people come out of the show and get into successful relationships so um number one back in january if y'all remember jj lane he was awesome people loved him he was a dad on caitlin bristow's season um he had been in the finance industry in new york and moved out to colorado um you know, he it kind of wasn't really clear what his job was anymore, but he was very much a devoted father to his daughter. And um, he has found a woman to devote himself to uh, in marriage. And her name is Kayla. Uh, they got engaged back in January of this year. So that's months ago. But I just kind of want to keep you guys in the loop of what's happening to former contestants. Uh he took her on a vacation, so they got engaged in Kauai. Um, I think that's how you pronounce it. I don't know. I've never been there, but somewhere in Hawaii, they got engaged. So congrats to JJ. Super sweet guy. Um, then in February, uh, mid-February, Megan Bell, who was a sweetheart, got engaged. And uh, I actually just found out about her engagement recently. When Ashley and Jared were on their honeymoon in Italy, Ashley put on her stories one day uh, that everyone should like check out Megan and that she was so happy for her friend Megan from Chris Soul season who got engaged and was getting married. So the down low on that is Megan was blonde. She was on the younger end um, back when Chris had her on his season. She probably was in the top like eight, but she didn't go to hometowns. Um, and if you remember, this was a girl who had a very emotional one-on-one date with Chris Souls. Her father had passed away about two months prior to filming. So she was very close to her father and uh, revealed that he had passed. And that was really propelling her to find a husband. So anyway, congrats to Megan. She's getting married um, in Asheville next year. And heck, maybe Ashley and Jared are going to go to the wedding. Uh, then we get to this spring And y'all have to remember this girl from Paradise. Her name was Jill or Jillian. She had dark hair and the fittest body, honestly fitter than Crystal Nielsen. I know Crystal is like a beast body. She looks amazing. Jillian was insane. She had such a ripped body and she always had her ass cheeks (laughs) 
<laughs> out of her bathing suit. So coming out of her bathing suit. Sorry, I should say butt cheeks. But um, yeah, Jillian had a, was very fit. And they always put a little black box over her butt because her butt was always showing. Um, anyway, she's engaged. Um, Jillian lives with her boyfriend, it looks like, in Washington, D.C. And they got engaged in Mexico back in June. So congrats to Jillian. And then this August, we had two engagements that were really back-to-back with a wedding. So um, first, Ben Zorn. Who could forget him, too? He was also in Caitlyn's season of The Bachelorette. Ben was a very sweet guy. He was such a teddy bear. Um, and he was very, like, kind. I think he went on a date with Caitlyn where they did, like, a maze if y'all remember this, and he was just like, it was kind of like a mystery maze, and he was just very empathetic and kind, and I know she said bye to him. I want to say he was like the top six, but he was just such a good guy. Like, she obviously knew he wasn't Sean Booth for her, but uh, Ben Zorn was a great guy, and everyone thought, oh God, this Ben guy's a catch. So um, he is finally getting married. He lives in California, and he proposed to his girlfriend, Stacy in Lake Tahoe on August 23rd, and um, yeah, they've been together publicly for almost exactly two years, um, and by the way, that's how long JJ seems to have been with his girlfriend, um, and uh, Jillian looks like she's been with her boyfriend or fiance now, about a year at least, so congrats to Ben Zorn. And then finally, everyone knows this couple, Kevin and Astrid, who were on Paradise last year, um, tragically like broke up on the beach, but then got back together after filming. And um, yeah, they just went all in. Astrid um, is really German descent, but she grew up in America. And Kevin is Canadian. Um, If y'all don't know the full story on Kevin, Kevin was on the very first bachelor in bachelorette in Canada. So he was never on the Bachelor America initially. He was on Bachelor Bachelorette Canada and he um won, so to speak. He got engaged to the winner and they were together for quite a while, about a year, uh and broke up. Fast forward, he went on Bachelor Winter Games and dated Ashley Iconetti. Uh, they left the show together, had a short-lived relationship, um, and short-lived because that's when Jared got jealous and realized he loved Ashley. So, you know what? We can thank Kevin for Ashley and Jared being together, and we can also thank the Bachelor franchise for bringing Kevin his wife. So, it's... It's crazy, like literally full circle in the same month that Ashley and Jared got married, Kevin got engaged. So it's it's awesome. I really feel like when you know you want to pursue marriage and that's really important to you, a lot can happen in a year. And so you just have to have faith and, you know, keep dating and keep believing that your best is yet to come. So that happened for Kevin. I'm so happy for them. They got engaged on the 28th. He proposed to her in Toronto Island, which is a little island off of Toronto where they live. So congrats to Kevin and Astrid. So that's five couples I can count on my hand who got engaged in the last year from the Bachelor franchise. And now I want to tell you about the weddings because that's the really big deal.
Okay, so you've heard about my wedding. You've heard about the engagements. Let's get to the other bachelor weddings, okay? So if you really want, go to People. They have great articles um, where you can view pictures of these weddings. I think that's a great resource personally. But um, kind of to give you a brief recap, because otherwise I could go forever on these weddings. Um, Ashley and Jared got married on Sunday, August um, the 11th. And uh, they got married in Newport, Rhode Island. Now, they kept their wedding date hidden. They kept alluding to the fact that they were getting married in August, but they would not say what date. They also let it be known months in advance that they were getting married in Rhode Island. And in Newport specifically, but Newport, a lot of people get married in Newport, so there could have been a billion venues that they could have chosen. And um, they chose to keep that a secret, which was smart for paparazzi. Um, but uh, in the wedding party, they had some former Bachelor alum. They had um, both Nick Vial and Dean were present, and they were um, members of the Bachelor party. And... Um, and originally, Tanner was supposed to officiate the wedding, and Jade, his wife, was going to be one of the bridesmaids. Well, as we all know, they had a baby right before the wedding, um, which I will get to, but, uh, you know, fine, I'm just going to go right there. So, the baby, um, I will go into the birthing story, but their baby was born on uh, the 29th of July, so kind of you know, part of August, but not quite. Okay. So, um, Jade and Tanner were going to have a natural birth. That was the plan. You know, Jade has done podcasts on birthing and being a mom. It's very interesting, actually. First, she did a podcast with, um, um, Liz and Carly, who are good friends of hers. Carly, she met on The Bachelor. Um, but Elizabeth, um, now, Presta, if you want to look her up on Instagram, she was on um, uh, Nick Vial season, if y'all remember. And when she came on Nick Vial season, it was known from other people that, like, oh, she had already met Nick because she slept with him at Jade and Tanner's wedding. And why was she at Jade's wedding? Because in real life, she was one of Jade's best friends and she was a bridesmaid. So, Anyway, a little backstory on that, but Jade and Tanner were going to have, you know, a natural birth with like a doula and, um, um, Jade and Tanner had said that they would have, um, you know, they would have to make the call last minute if they'd be able to attend Ashley and Jared's wedding. And months and months ago, the call had been, well, Tanner will go no matter what, but if Jade has the baby like a week before or two weeks before the wedding, she might not go. So July 29th is a good, about a week, almost two weeks before their wedding, exactly. Like she had the baby on a Monday and their wedding was on a Sunday two weeks later. So I know that's hard to travel across the country with a newborn and you have a two month old uh, or two week old, I'm sorry. Um, But that was the choice they made and we have to respect that because you know, it's probably a lot harder being in that situation. Ashley wanted to have a very, like, a walk to remember feel in her as far as where she got married. If y'all remember, A Walk to Remember was a film with Mandy Moore way before This Is Us. And um, 
it, you know, it's a film about a girl who has has cancer and she's dying, but she gets married when she's like 17 or 18 and she gets married in this cute little church. Well, Ashley said she wanted to get married in a church like that. So they did. They got married in Newport's K Chapel. So um, they got married in a chapel, but their reception was at the Rose Mansion, which is literally one of the most beautiful mansions in Newport, Rhode Island. If you haven't been to Newport, go. Get there fast. It's a beautiful, charming like city or t- I'd say it's a town, but it's so charming. Go in the summer, um, go sailing, get on a boat, eat outside, enjoy the great New England food. It's it's such a cute town, and definitely go to the mansions because they're they're stunning. Um, they're definitely worth the trip. Um, so yeah, they really had a fairy tale wedding. Uh, she wore an Ina's DeSantis gown, which fun fact, my sister wore, um, that designer for her wedding. Um, she makes beautiful dresses. Um, Ashley looked very classic and, you know, a very ball gown, a ball gown dress. She had a white bouquet. Um, Jared was very classic as well in a black tux, black shoes, black bow tie, just very classic. They looked amazing. Um, and the bridesmaids dresses, they were gorgeous. This like rich emerald green. Uh, the makeup was done by Emma Willis, who is a California based makeup artist who has done everyone from Ali Fedotowski, uh, to Jana Kramer. I mean, she does celebrity makeup all the time. Um, and a lot of bachelor people's makeup. So, um, yeah, so she got Emma Willis to do her makeup. Um, you know, her ring was obviously a Neil Lane diamond. Um, and, uh, her invitations were from Minted and I didn't say this before, but my invitations and my save the dates also were from Minted. So Minted's a great spot to figure out, um, or find invitations. Anyway, adorable little piece that they added is they had their dogs be the ring bearer, um, their dog Clark. And, um, you know, it just looks beautiful. They had a lot of greenery and white and pink flowers. Um, so beautiful wedding and the reception was even more stunning. They had a a really cute mirror that, um, had writing on it saying, make it count. And again, this made me go, oh my God, our weddings are so similar. Like Literally, I couldn't have planned this because my wedding was already planned. I got married a week after them. But um, for our tables at my wedding, I had a a really beautiful um, gold mirror. And the table names were written um, on a decal on that gold mirror. So very similar to the sign that Ashley and Jared had at their wedding um, with the quote from Titanic that said, make it count. Um, they had some specialty cocktails that were just, you know, kind of making fun of their movie quotes, the Brady Punch, Jack and Rose, um, and the reception was, the colors were pretty much like gold, um, pink, green, pink and green. And like they used an rich emerald green for the tablecloths and then they used like a natural earthy green for a lot of the flowers. So, um, it was a beautiful wedding. I mean, I don't even want to guess how many thousands of dollars they spent on this wedding. Um, but it was a gorgeous wedding. Ashley wore two dresses. 
I also wore two dresses. Like I literally was watching their wedding after it and going, oh my God, like literally am I the same person as Ashley or we just, maybe we just have similar taste. Um, but yes, I also wore two dresses. So if my Instagram is confusing because you see two dresses, it's because I wore two dresses. Um, <laughs> now their cake was out of this world. It looks like it was seven tiers. I mean, that's insane. A beautiful seven-tier cake, um, custom-made by Shelby Elizabeth Cakes. Um, And, I mean, it's a beautiful white cake with, like, roses going up. It's crazy. Um, But they just had an amazing day um, and night. And then the next day, they left for their epic honeymoon um, to Italy and Greece. So, that's Ashley and Jared. Oh, my gosh. Literally a fairy tale wedding. I'm so happy for them. Who knew that she would marry Jared? And honestly, all is well within the world. I feel like everyone is cheering them on and so happy for them. And they clearly are madly in love. They're so like right for each other. Um, they seem like adorable best friends. So uh, yeah, I'm so happy for them. Um, so let's get into the next wedding of the summer. So they got married on the 11th. I got married on the 17th. And then um, Crystal and Goose really got married back in June on June 16th. So though Crystal and Goose's wedding wasn't aired until August, they really got married in June. And you know what? I think it's interesting that like this is one of those, it was under wraps, but they just released it publicly to People Magazine as soon as it actually happened. Um, and I'm wondering if that's because like, it was going to be too hard to pretend that it didn't happen and it was going to be too hard to keep it a secret because so many people from Bachelor Nation attended the wedding, um, who were at Paradise, first of all, and then people who were just part of Bachelor Nation who weren't a part of Paradise. So they had a ton of alumni come to their wedding. Um, former Bachelor Ben Higgins was there with his new girlfriend, Jess, um, and, um, and by the way, Ben was also at Ashley and Jared's wedding, so it's kind of interesting. Like, he and Dean, actually, no, so Dean didn't go to Crystal and Goose's wedding. So there's not many people who overlapped two of the three weddings. Um, I remember seeing Whitney Frazney, is how you think you say your name. She was at Crystal and Goose's wedding, and she was also at Rachel and Brian's wedding. Ben Higgins was at um, Ashley and Jared and Crystal and Goose's wedding. Um, I got to think really hard if there's any more overlaps, but there's not many. Uh, Christine Shulman, what? Yep, yeah, also at the Paradise Wedding and at Rachel and Brian's wedding, I believe. Uh, but there weren't many overlaps. I mean, the kind of the friend circles are a little different. Um, Crystal and Goose had like Annalise and Bibiana come, um, who had already left Paradise. They both went to Paradise this year, but left at by that point. Um, yeah, who else was there? I mean, there was just a huge Bachelor Nation crowd. And um, as you guys saw, they kicked most of the people from Paradise out for their reception, which I totally respect. I mean, do they really need them at their wedding? No. Um, and, uh, and the only negative that I have listened to Crystal say is essentially like the band didn't keep playing. And there was a point in the night in the reception where like everyone was having private conversations where like production was filming things clearly and there really wasn't like a vibe going 
And Crystal and Goose kind of looked at each other and were like, all right, well, I guess we'll just go upstairs. Like, we're married. Like, they did say they were really excited for the music of their wedding, but the ceremony was more important to them than anything. So they're so grateful. Their ceremony was great. Um, Fun fact, Crystal looked glowing, of course, when she walked down the aisle by herself. Um, And that was her choice. She's just not close with her father, so she did not want to walk down the aisle with her father. Um, And actually, I don't even know if he was there at the wedding. But uh, she did say that she was waiting to walk down the aisle for about seven minutes. Uh, They had forgotten to mic Chris. And they can't do the ceremony without miking him. So they didn't realize until, like, all of the groomsmen were up there and Chris was up there. And then they had to, like, hold. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's got to be kind of nerve-wracking. Um, I mean, I get it. It's honestly, it's like the day of your wedding. You just want to take in every little bit and, like, remember it. And uh I don't know. I know Crystal had such a great experience in those seven minutes waiting. She said she meditated and just really got to a calm place and just was able to emotionally reflect on everything. And and I get it. I had a, a crazy hiccup on my wedding day. Um, and it kind of delayed the women getting to the location where we, we were to walk down the aisle. And then when we got there, you know... I was just like calm. I was like, yeah, I, okay. I know the music. Like I had picked out the music that the string quartet was playing and I knew what was supposed to happen. And I was just relishing it. You know, like I had made sure the music wasn't going to rush. And the advice I could give any bride listening to this or bride to be or single gal who one day will get married is do not rush, rush your wedding ceremony. Like, that is the main reason. That is how you get married. And yes, your, your reception is going to be really fun. So like, I'm not saying rush that, but take, just take it all in. Like do something that's personal to you. Um, yeah. And you'll love it. So, um, so anyway, um, Crystal and Goose's wedding looked beautiful. I wish we saw more of the reception. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. They had a great time. Crystal looks stunning, of course, as always. Um, and then let's go to Rachel and Brian's real fast. Rachel and Brian then got married at the end of the month in August on um, Saturday, the 24th of August. So, like, literally, I think it's hilarious that my wedding was sandwiched between two former Bachelor people's weddings. Um, it's just really funny. Uh, and it's, I'm kind of glad they didn't have their wedding on my day. So my day's uniquely mine. Um, but Rachel got married on the 24th in Mexico in the summer. I mean, I don't know that that's gotta be so hot. Um, I am kind of surprised they chose August, but I'm sure there was a reason for that. Like maybe, maybe the price was significantly less and they were already spending a ton of money. Because you got to, I would bet that August is off season for Mexico. Um, When I lived in Miami, um, I remember I'd go to venues and I was like, oh, I want to get, I'm going to get married in August. And all these venues were like, oh, great. Well, if you want to get married here, August is off season in Miami. So it'd be a lot cheaper for you. Um, So in like warmer climates, the on season is like October or November until like March. 
So it's like the exact opposite of what it is in like the Northeast. Um, so anyway, and I had a Northeast wedding. Ashley and Jared had a Northeast wedding. Um, Crystal and Goose had a summer wedding. However, it looked like everything from their wedding was indoors. So they were fine. Um, but yeah, Rachel and Brian got married in Mexico. They did say it was super hot. But she just seemed, like, so happy to just have a party, have a ball. She wore this adorable two-piece gown um, by a famous designer. Her name's, like, Randy Rom. Uh, I can never pronounce her name right. But uh, it was a gorgeous, gorgeous two-piece. Kind of like a t-shirt on top and this long tulle skirt on the bottom. Um, And then for the reception later in the day... She took off the skirt and there were shorts underneath, like these cute silk shorts. So she just killed it. And I love that that was like her style. It was comfortable. That that just shows a lot about her and who she is and what fits her vibe. Um, And they got married. I mean, another successful bachelorette. And how exciting for Rachel and Brian. So... You know, their careers have really taken off. Um, I think everyone is happy for Rachel Lindsay. She's such a light. And um, now they're married. So uh, that concludes my little recap of all the weddings. Honestly, like I said, go check out pictures online. Um, And it looks like the next bachelorette to get married is JoJo. She and Jordan seem to be planning a wedding for 2020. So we have that to look forward to. And... Gosh, check out her new ring if you haven't. Jordan reproposed to JoJo and gave her this gorgeous, I swear it might be like three carat diamond. Um, it's just so pretty. It's such a simple ring, but it's beautiful. So um, anyway, I love love and I hope you do too. And now I can't wait to recap Paradise because a lot went down. But before we get to Paradise, quick story. Jade and Tanner had their second baby. Okay, so I said this was four weddings and a baby, right? Four weddings. One, two, three, four. It was Ashley and Crystal and Rachel and Marilee got married and Jade had a baby. So four weddings and a baby um, in about a month of each other or airtime of a month, you know, because Crystal technically got married in June. But Anyway, they had their baby, adorable little baby Brooks on they named their little child, his full name is Brooks Easton Tolbert, and I know that one of the producers on the show is Easton, so I'm, I don't know if they named him after that name, that guy, but um, cute little baby, um, he came in at a healthy weight, seven pounds and nine ounces, and as y'all know, Jade had the baby in like 45 minutes in her closet, which is insane. Now, thank God it's like a walk-in closet. It wasn't like a small closet. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone really wants the baby at home when they've planned to have a whole birthing technique and, you know, a hospital or a doula. So um, definitely a surprise baby as far as when the baby came. Um, But uh, I do know a little fun fact. Ashley told this story. uh, You know, her best friend Ashley, Iconetti, so there's some salad in California that women take if they want to speed the process along of like having the baby. And I think it was like 72 hours-ish 
before Jade had the baby, um, Ashley was like, okay, we want this baby to come out because the sooner the baby comes out, the sooner Jade can recover. And then there's more guaranteed time that Jade can come to Ashley and Jared's wedding. So Ashley and Jared came over one night. It was like a Saturday and they, um, brought her this salad and they said, I think it was Jenny Molin, um, uh, or maybe it was Carson Daly's wife. I think they said Carson Daly's wife did use the salad before she had one of her babies. And they say that within – it's supposed to be – you take the salad, and within 48 hours, you're supposed to have the baby. If you have the baby within 48 hours, then it was because of the salad. And if you didn't, then maybe the baby just wasn't ready to come out. Well, so Jade and Tanner had the baby – like somewhere between 48 and 72 hours after the salad was consumed. (laughs) So anyway, just kind of crazy, the timing. So it's possible the salad helped speed the process along for Jade and little baby. Um, But yeah, she had the baby in her closet. Thankfully, her mother was already there and present. So I'm sure that was comforting to her. Her husband, Tanner, almost delivered the baby um, before the EMT paramedics arrived um and the baby was born and he's healthy and he has his big sister Emmy to look after him and all these friends and family members you know in the bachelor world in California where they now live so congrats to baby Brooks so you have just listened through a very long episode of me discussing uh, all these weddings and engagements, which is super exciting. Well, as you all know, we have some more engagements to add to the list. Um, Last night, the Bachelor um, in Paradise finale aired. Finally. Oh my goodness. I swear. So if this is the sixth season of Paradise, they have never... Seriously, I, I, should, I need to go back and check the dates, but they've never had a finale this late into September. I remember them always being in August and um, maybe early September, so I'm going to double check on that, but this feels really late. Do any of y'all feel that way? Like, by the time September rolls around, I am like in full running mode. It's fall or starting to be fall in the Northeast, um, you know it's just like I feel like with the change of the weather with the change of August into September often like business revs up more so I'm used to just you know like cranking it out a little bit more at work and so all that to say like it's just a different vibe when like September hits post Labor Day everyone's like in the zone ready to like really work and I never remember Bachelor in Paradise still airing so anyway um I just was curious if you guys were thrown off by that too. But uh, that being said, oh gosh, I guess it was worth the wait. I mean, my personal thoughts on Paradise, well, I was in the midst of getting married, as you all know. So I really didn't have time, nor did I really care to do a recap every week once I saw the first week. Like, honestly, it was, it kind of dragged for me. And maybe, again, I am the person who has watched every single season of anything bachelor related so all the bachelors bachelorettes um bachelor pad bachelor winter games and several seasons of paradise and i just really felt it dragged on i i wonder if it's a change in production um just the way it was produced was 
they were like trying to capture all of the drama and they weren't really focusing on the love stories. And so I was kind of mentally like not invested. Uh, Now I know some people love Paradise because of the drama and they love that there is so much drama and various storylines to follow. And I can agree it's definitely interesting that there's various storylines to follow unlike the bachelor or bachelorette where you're purely just following like the main storyline of all of these people falling for one person well i don't know something was weird in production this year i think they dragged out minor like for instance the you know uh storyline of tajwana being upset over jpj and then he also went out with Haley, one of the Ferguson twins. And then naturally he was obsessed with Tasha, um, as he was before both of those dates. Like that normally would have been condensed into, uh, I don't know, like a 30 minute segment of like, here's a little love triangle that he's developed himself into. And we would just like, you know, enjoy it for that like 30 minutes. And then we'd like move past it and be like, okay, well it's the rose ceremony. And like, Maybe they'd feed into the drama of what the girls were saying about each other at that point. But then the core of the show is about love. And I was not getting the love story. Like, by the end of the season, I think it was it was last week, last Monday, was the first episode I watched of the entire summer. So mind you, this is like third to last episode of the entire thing. And I was like, oh, okay, now I'm fi- finally buying what's going on. Like, the the pace of production was a little quicker. Like, it was a little more to the point of, here's the storyline. Um, here's what you need to capture out of the storyline. Here's what you need to capture out of the storyline. And, like, moving on. And I feel like the way it was edited um, throughout the season was, I think slow is maybe the best term for it. But it was just dragged out. Like, realistically, no one has the capacity to care about, like, 30 different people who go on the beach we just don't so like let's brush over certain things like if you really wanted us to invest in the clay and nicole drama then let us invest in that and then like show the storyline with angela and really play that up as like one of your main four storylines and if you're gonna do that great but like there's no need to have like the drama of annalise or the drama of of her defending angela or the dra- that some people didn't like. Or the drama of, um, I don't know, like Tasha and Hannah. Tasha and Hannah G. Like, we really didn't need to see that drama. That was just producers, like, pulling for something. Um, I, I really feel like, I don't know how you guys are, but, like, part of the awesomeness of Paradise is it's a great TV show where you kind of can zone out. You know, you can have your busy day, your busy life, and then you can watch Paradise. And for some people, it's a guilty pleasure because it makes them feel better about themselves. But for me, I watch it for the love story and to see, you know, how these people, because these are people in real life, how they evolve. And I just like watching their stories. I enjoy, you know, someone like Jordan Kimball, who... I loved on Becca's season. I thought he was hilarious, and I never understood why they, like, made him out to be this bad guy. I was like, eh, they're just, like, pegging him as the villain because they have no one else to be the villain. 
And then he went on Paradise and everyone fell in love with him. I'm like, yeah, duh. He was great before. He just, it was the way it was edited. And then he comes on this year. And like, the reality is, is there wasn't much of a storyline with Jordan this year. He like clearly didn't have a connection with anyone. It's fine. Like, so they could have minimized his date and then made his storyline like, well, he and uh, the hot Mexican guy, I don't even remember his name, got into a fight. And show that, have it reduced to like, again, 30 minutes. But don't make that the storyline. Like, they use that as like the cliffhanger into the next episode. And those are the sort of things that like, personally, make me check out. So... I would love if people would write in and let me know, like, were you really checked into this season or were you checked out because there were so many storylines and so many little angles of drama and, you know, they were trying to pit multiple people against each other. Um, yeah, I found it a little overwhelming, but I would love to hear your feedback. So write to me. Um, Again, I need to create an email, but for now, it's still my Instagram, Merrily17. And give me your feedback. And as always, um, it would be great if you would subscribe to my um, podcast so we could track how many people are listening. So anyway, I'm going to get into the last um, proposals in just a second. Okay, so before I get to the final four engaged couples, I realized we really need to talk about the other couples. You know, the ones who are still dating, who, so to speak, left the after the final rose together, but um, aren't engaged. So, okay, let's talk about them. We have Kaylin and Dean. Uh, We have Whitney and Connor. And we also have Tasha and JPJ. So, okay, uh, first things first, Kaylin and Dean. Um, Kaylin, my goodness, what a story this girl has had. Um, Very interesting from being a top contender on Colton's season, sharing her sexual abuse story in college, um, clearly, like, kind of being a fan favorite because she's Cassie's best friend, and um, people really liked her on Colton's season. Personally, I thought she was annoying AF. Um, Hannah B all the way always has been, I've always been a Hannah B fan, always will be. And guys, the world is too. Hello. She's on Dancing with the Stars now and she is crushing it. She did a great job in her first dance. Um, yeah, let's just hope and pray she goes really far. So, but anyway, back to Kaylin. Um, yeah, I think hopefully she's matured in this last year. I mean, let's be real. Most people in their first few years out of college are figuring out their lives, what they value, where in the country they would like to live. And there's all kinds of exploratory things happening, which is great. Um, I mean, I loved my early twenties. It was really fun. I don't want to go back, but at the time I loved it. So all that to say I think Kaylin and Dean are great. For right now, they're together. Dean wore a C around his neck, that weird-looking necktie. And um, if you didn't know, they are on a cell phone plan together. He revealed on his podcast, Dean did, that they signed a two-year phone contract together. Why? I don't know. I mean, maybe they talk on the phone a lot or they needed good minutes. I'm not sure. Or maybe they just thought, well, it's adult together. So, um, yeah, they're on a phone plan together. So I think they're at least thinking they're going to last 
some of that time. Um, he's already alluded to it would, it's going to be a really awkward breakup if we break up. Um, you know, I don't know. I think they both would be humble enough. If it's not working out, they'll end it. Um, I don't think they're going to get married anytime soon. I don't think they'd get engaged anytime soon. Heck, honestly, I think they will break up eventually. That's okay. Um, but, you know, happy for them if this works for them. So they're definitely more of like kind of a hippie, chill couple. And I think he grounds her, which I think is refreshing to see because she is, you know, honestly, she grew up in Fredericksburg, which is about an hour, hour and a half from where I grew up. Um, nothing special. It's kind of like a small city, so to speak. Um, and, um, you know, she was probably a big fish in the small pond and then she went on to do beauty pageants. Um, I, I just get the vibe that Kaylin has a big head and I think Dean is the sort of person who inflates, who deflates people who have big heads. So she must like him for that. So I think this is going to be good for them and we shall see how their Instagram goes. <laughs> Anyway, uh, that's Kaylin and Dean. Um, Connor and Whitney, they met, um, you know, towards the end of Paradise. And she walked on to Paradise and then left immediately, basically, to hang out with Connor. I don't know if it's a really serious relationship. I don't know if they're going to make it, like, social media official. I mean, they're dating. A lot of people date in this world. We shall see if it sticks uh, to my knowledge, he's still in Dallas and she's in California. Uh, so who knows? And then finally, we get to the real um, dramatic couple of the season that most people I think care about are Tasha and JPJ. Um, I have never met anyone who is not a fan of Tasha. Literally, I, I think she is so likable on a billion levels. To me, she and Hannah Brown are like cream of the crop women. Like, the the show couldn't have gone wrong putting Tisha as the Bachelorette either. I think they made a great choice in making Hannah Brown the Bachelorette. But um, yeah, Tasha is just super likable. She is so sweet and genuine, but also very sassy, and she's intelligent. Um, obviously, she's beautiful. Men and women love her. She's a girl's girl, but she's also, like, you know, gets along with most guys without, like, I don't know. She just has a really great air about her. So I'm a huge fan of Tasha, and I will say I'm a huge fan of JPJ. Um, I listened to a podcast he did. He It just released at midnight. So this is, again, fresh off the, <laughs> fresh off the press. Um, he did a podcast. I forget her name, honestly. It was okay. So it's some woman who does podcasts about reality TV shows in general. Um, and she has a family and five kids. And I think she relates to JPJ because he comes from a family of five. He is the middle child of five kids. So, um, honestly, I wouldn't listen to the interview. Um <laughs> I hate saying that on here. I actually like really get a kick out of Dean on his podcast and sometimes I get a kick out of Nick. Sometimes he annoys me. Sometimes I really love him. But, uh, you know, I, I would love to meet these people, him in person. I think Nick would be really cool. But uh, 
Someone like JPJ, I think he was he would be great on the podcast. JPJ, I would love to have you on here if you're listening. But the conversation was kind of awkward between you and this woman. And it was I was kind of cringing. Like, she would make jokes. Like, oh, so you're going to watch my kids. And he was like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll babysit. But, like, he was kind of like, how do I respond to this? Like, she's recording me. I'm supposed to be, like, charming. But... It's kind of a weird ask. I don't know. Just it, the conversation didn't flow very well. But all I can share with you that's relevant is that he revealed that, you know, he went to Catholic University, which is in Washington, D.C., um, and now he works in Maryland. And I don't know if you guys caught this, but he does not live or maybe he lives there, but he doesn't work in St. Michael's. And when they showed Tasha going to his home, they showed the sign St. Michael's. Well, if y'all are aware, St. Michael's is the location where Wedding Crashers was filmed. So yeah, they showed Jay his home, this very beautiful home in St. Michael's, which makes zero sense geographically based on where he works in Maryland. Um, so yeah, I'm not really sure why they did that. Maybe just to show a nice home? I'm not sure. Super curious to know. Um, but St. Michael's, like I said, it's where Wedding Crashers was filmed. And I have been there a few times for weddings. So beautiful location. Um, JPJ is a classy guy. And he mentioned on the podcast that um, the reason why he confronted Derek was this. He said, look, I have a mom and I have a sister and I think men should know how to respect women and how to treat women. And I really just things that Derek said really rubbed me the wrong way. And he needed to know that that was not okay. And the way he felt about things was not okay. And I, I just like, it sounds like he was appalled at, um, Derek. Now, we don't know what exact... We heard what JPJ said, Derek said. Obviously, it's not caught on camera or they're not going to release it. And, uh, you know, it's like, what side do you believe? Which side, I should say. Um, but he seems like an upstanding guy. Uh, it seems like JPJ, he even said, you know, I... Uh, some, what, I forget why. He was working in, near Baltimore in Maryland and someone said, Oh, they're doing bachelor interviews in Baltimore. You should go interview. Like his cousins watched it. His sisters watched it. So he thought, okay, why not? Like could be fun. And he got on the bachelor and he did it. And, um, he just said he didn't have a connection with Hannah and he was surprised he went as far as he did. And then at the end of the day, like as far when paradise was offered to him, which was literally the day after he left Hannah's season, um, he didn't know anything about Paradise. He says he left Hannah's season, didn't even know Paradise was like a thing, didn't know it existed. So he was like, okay, well, let me check it out. So he watched last season of Paradise. And that was his determining factor. He was like, okay, that looks fun. Like, sure, okay, I'll go to Paradise. Um, and he said that the day that he read the poem to Tasha, if y'all remember, he recited a poem... I believe from Romeo and Juliet, Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. Um, he was like at the point where he was like, maybe I should leave. He was like, you know, I haven't really connected with anyone. Like, 
And he was like, I don't really want to just stay on TV for the sake, stay on the show and like give out a rose to someone random for the sake of like being on the show. Um, you know, and here's why I believe that statement. JPJ, he got back from paradise the very next day, went to his job, like went back to work right away. He's a financial analyst, um, for tech companies. And um, or a tech company. I'm not really sure if he analyzes the tech industry or if he just works for a specific company. I don't know. But he's a financial analyst. And uh, it sounds like he takes his job seriously. Otherwise, you know, he wouldn't go back to it. And he said, you know what, like the whole Instagram thing, like, yeah, it's like fine as a side hustle. Like I appreciate people doing it as a side hustle. But he's like, no, like I really wanted to get back to my job and get back to like reality and like, a sense of like realness. So I think he's a, he seems to be a pretty grounded guy. He, uh, you know, he said part of the reason why he confronted Derek, you know, at the wedding, I think he, he didn't really elaborate an apology on this podcast, but he did say like, look, I come from a family of five kids. You know, when we have an issue with each other, we like bring it up and we discuss it. And, um, my guess is that he is used to more of a confrontational style of um, communication. And so to him, he was like, look, I have an issue with what Derek said. Maybe it was the night before. Who knows? And he just didn't want a day to go by. And he didn't want um, Tasha then to fall for Derek and start dating Derek and not realize that, like, Derek had bad intentions or maybe Derek was... A, had character that JPJ didn't agree with. Um, so he just, he still to this day kind of justifies what he did and um, that he thought he was protecting women. And he also made a point to say, like, look, I know like young women watch the show and I want them to realize like they don't deserve to be with a guy who doesn't respect women or doesn't like. Yeah, I just feel like he thinks Derek doesn't respect women. Moral of the story. So he stands by his actions. Um, he thinks Tasha's awesome. Um, you know, he really didn't elaborate on his love story on the podcast. So I would love to know more about that and more how, you know, more than just what we saw on TV. But um, yeah, I mean, it was interesting to hear that, you know. He has no plans to move to California immediately. He says that some job offers have um, appeared that as a you know, consequence of the show that companies have reached out to him. So he might have more job opportunities in California, which is where Tasha lives. Uh, so who knows? Maybe he will move to California. But he says, like, he didn't seem super focused on it. He was like, ah, like right now I'm just I have so much going on. I'm dealing with like work it just seemed like at the moment he is focused on his work he's focused on what's in front of him so I don't think we should expect a move from JPJ immediately my guess is they'll probably date long distance for the next three months and we'll see if it lasts longer than that and if it lasts longer then heck maybe he'll move out there um so I would be excited to see where they are come the new year but my guess is that they'll either be in the public eye dating or casually dating from now until then. So those are our final couples. Um, and uh, now we're on to the engaged couples. 
Okay, so I'm finally going to get into the commentary of the final four couples on Bachelor in Paradise and their engagements and where they are now. Um, Again, it's the day after. It's September 18th, the day after the Paradise finale has aired, and I have been able to view their Instagram posts and watch them on TV and see what they have to say about where they are now. So this is truly like an updated, comprehensive um, analysis. So anyway, that being said, all right, so first we have Clay and Nicole. Well, oh my gosh, who really thought they were going to work out? I'm pausing because I'm like, are any of you guys like, I did, I did. I don't know. I never thought they were going to work out. Um, It's kind of sad. I think I feel bad for Clay. You know, he is seemingly a nice guy, has had um, a very successful career in the NFL, and unfortunately got injured, um, tried to get healthier, and just didn't make it back into the NFL. So, um, you know, that's got to be very tough emotionally. He's 31, you know... Imagine doing the same thing for over a decade and then having to change your career. And hopefully many of you listening to this have changed your career and you know how hard that is and how emotionally taxing it is. And, um, you know, you it's it's kind of makes you think like, okay, I got to reach out to my contacts. I have to, like, there's just a lot that goes into it. Um, you're making new contacts. You're you're trying to keep up your old contacts. And I think this was kind of his PR move to go on the show, you know, um, to just keep up his old contacts, contacts, I can't speak, but to, you know, get in touch with people in the reality TV world. And if people on reality TV like him, hey, maybe that gives him influence to do some sort of reality TV show where he's like a football coach or he's the football expert who knows? But like often, you know, having something other than he just played on the field, um, that could help him in his career. And who knows what his deep aspirations are outside of football? Maybe he wants to be famous. Who knows? But uh, I definitely didn't think that he was going on this show this time around because uh, he genuinely was looking for love. He clearly had love with Angela. For whatever reason, it didn't work out probably an emotional block because if any of you know, most men need to feel like they are accomplished, like they deserve to be respected and that they deserve the love of a woman before they can propose. So in order to be in that sort of mental headspace, they need to feel good about their own current life. And by life, I mean like where they're living, do they have stability, do they feel like they can make enough money to provide, so to speak, which sounds really old fashioned, I know. But uh, I've talked to a lot of guys about this, you know, when guys are 24, and they don't have a set career. No, they're not thinking about marriage. They're thinking about how do I make more than I did this year? How do I like, how do I make enough money so I don't spend it all on alcohol? You know, like they're not thinking really deeply. Um, or a lot. I, sh- I'm, I, I think a lot are not John Paul Jones. That being said, I, don't, I think Clay is at a crux in his life. He's not ready to be married. 
because he's at his own crossroads. It has nothing to do with Nicole. I don't think it has anything to do with Angela either. I think it's just his own issue. And um, all I can say is I hope the best for you, Clay. Um, I think if Nicole really loved you, she would have just stuck it out. But that's okay. She has the choice not to. And she'll find someone else. And I'm not concerned for her. And same for Angela. You know, I think Angela sacrificially did love you. I think it's smart that she didn't. um, Angela didn't um, make fun of Clay or say um, begrudging remarks about him post-show. I listened to a podcast that she did with Allie and Rachel. Allie Fedotowski and Rachel have their um, Bachelor podcast. And Angela spoke highly of Clay and you know, quite frankly, didn't want to say anything despairing at all. So it's clear she respects. But just because Angela respects Clay doesn't mean Nicole does. So listen to this shade that has been thrown online since the airing of the finale. Um, as you guys know, Paradise is super short. Well, <clears throat> Clay decided to pinpoint exactly how short it was, and he was there from the first day till the last day. Paradise was recorded in 16 days. That's right, two weeks and two days. And he went as far on his Instagram page to specifically say, and I quote, Unfortunately, I didn't see myself getting engaged after 16 days of exclusive dating, and I wanted to be 100% truthful with my feelings, even though I knew there was a chance my truth wouldn't get the outcome I wanted. So that being said, it's a picture of him in front of a massive house in Illinois. I'm imagining that's the home he bought with his money from the NFL. Who knows? But uh, good for him. That's totally fair if that is what he did. That is his home. Um, So that was two days ago, okay? The very next day, after he said, like, I wasn't ready to get engaged, Nicole put on her page um, a picture of her in the hot seat with Chris, almost just probably to prove to y'all that she did do the after the final rose um, talk that she was there, even though that was not aired. And she said, when a man's actions don't line up with his words, when a man's promises fall flat, and when a man dares to string you along, whether it's for 16 days or for eight months, um, clearly she's uh, mentioning herself, 16 days and Angela by saying eight months, knowing very well he does not see a future with you, We are better off on our own than loving a man who doesn't know what he has when he has it, end quote. So, all right, wow. So that was throwing some shade right back at him, like he was stringing her along, and she's trying to publicly say he was stringing her along. Well, Clay didn't want that. (laughs) This is just so funny. So then Clay writes, photographic evidence that I made it to the reunion. And then he wrote hashtag haters gonna say it's fake pick or it didn't happen. And it's a picture of him and Chris Harrison and Nicole sitting on the couch chatting at the after the final rose special. So what does Nicole do? She writes on his post quote, I'm surprised you weren't still at the pub. And then throws her own picture up a few hours later and like 
writes a, a massive long post. I just don't want to get into it. But the point is, girl is burned. She is not over it. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't really know <laughs> whose side to take here, but wow. What do you guys think? I mean, this is so dramatic and it's like coming off air dramatic and they're totally airing their dirty laundry and feelings publicly, which is so unique, you know, like typically people use the Instagram for showing their highlight, the highlight reel of their life. But in this case, they're starting to use it as a place to throw shade and be mean to each other. So anyway, um, go check that out if you're inclined and interested. And um, again, write to me and tell me your thoughts on Nicole and Clay and all this shade that they are throwing at one another. Um, Yeah, I would love to hear if you're team Nicole or if you're team Clay or if you're like, I am team over it. And, uh, yeah, so write to me your thoughts. And as always, I welcome feedback. Um, I'd love to hear what you guys are liking about this podcast and what you want to hear more of and what maybe isn't working. So anyway, keep writing to me, um, at my hashtag Instagram, Marilee 17, and that's M-A-R-I-L-E-E. Thanks. And so we will move on to the successful couples. So that being said, now we do have a few successful couples, which I'm really surprised by. Um, I truly didn't think we'd have this many couples come out of paradise engaged. Um, Let's get the first one. Demi and Christian. Wow. Well, no one saw that coming when paradise started because Christian wasn't on the show. And Tanner... um, Tanner, who was on Bachelor, and then he was the first successful couple out of Bachelor in Paradise, and he's now married to Jade, and they have two children. Tanner, who I, I've always appreciated, I think he's hilarious and um, very to the point, um, and, you know, able to say brutal, honest things, um, he called out that there were talks that Christian was going to come on the show before the show even began. So his tweet that sparked a lot of controversy um, was really just speaking to that point. He is totally um, for the relationship that Demi and Christian have. In fact, I have seen on the gram that um, he hung out with Demi. There was a day like Demi was with all the boys. It was Nick Vial and Jared. Um, Who else? I want to say maybe um, Wells. But it was Nick, it was definitely Nick, maybe Dean, Jared, and um, Tanner, and then Demi. And they were all, like, watching football and drinking. And and it was, like, Demi said something, like, oh, here's Tanner, yeah, oh, I love you, Tanner. Which is clear she did that, so people watching her stories would know she has no beef with Tanner. They're fine now. She realizes, like, they must have had, you know, conversations clearly offline um yeah that they are friendly so I think she has no ill will toward Tanner and his tweet from a long time ago um but he makes a fair point you know the bachelor just produced this they wanted to show a love story and they did and they showed a love story that was deeper perhaps than the others because it had more time to grow and to be nurtured and I sound like I'm talking about babies. Like, oh, it had more time to grow and nurture, be nurtured. Like, 
it sounds super cliche, but it's true. You know, they, um, Damien Christian met, you know, I don't know, weeks, months before the show, um, aired or before, I'm sorry, not aired weeks and months before Demi even left to go on the show. And so naturally in real life, if you can date someone for like a month, you feel stronger about them a month a month into the relationship than you do a week into the relationship. And these paradise relationships are really thrust within a few weeks. So, of course, they're not like really... Like, I think we kind of have given, for instance, Chris Bukowski a lot of crap for not being all in. Or Clay for not being all in. When, let's be honest, it takes time for emotions to develop. It doesn't happen in a week or two. All that to say... Um, Christian and Demi got engaged. They got engaged on the finale and then at the After the Rose um, live air special, Christian proposed to Demi. So very cool for them. They both got rings, which is really cool, right? Like that doesn't happen except for perhaps usually a girl and girl relationship. Um, I have several like gay guys uh, who are friends of mine and both both guys did not get an engagement ring so um hey and if you know someone who who is a same-sex couple and they both got an engagement ring please write to me I I would love to hear I love good stories and I would love to air that story so write me a note and I will definitely read that on the next podcast and share your story um but I think it's rare, and so it's nice that both of them got rings from Neil Lane, and they were both celebrated, and I think ABC did a wonderful job tastefully airing their relationship. There was nothing um, very sexual that they aired, Um, and, and granted, maybe they never did anything sexual in front of the cameras because they didn't want to, Um, but it was very tasteful, you know? I think... We saw short little kisses. So even if someone was watching this in the middle of the country or not in the middle of the country and they were, you know, not favorably watching this love story because of homophobia, which, God, to be homophobic in 2019, like, that's just weird. But if someone is homophobic and they're watching that, I don't know. I mean, like, I can't. I would I would probably smack them personally, but like how can you have a problem with this? They like they basically talk, they hold hands, and they have short little pecks. So it's it's no worse than any guy or girl has seen at a college party. Um in fact it's a lot less intense. Um so I think what Demi and Christian did in progressing their relationship and choosing to go on paradise and let the cameras air their relationship was incredibly brave, um, incredibly, I mean, they're groundbreaking. They're going to go in the history. Like, people will remember Demi. There's no way they will not remember Demi. And so I'm super, super excited for them. And um, we shall see if they get married. So, um, yeah, we'll find out. So that's Demi and Christian. Uh, next, let's talk about Hannah and Dylan. Um to me, they're like your vanilla couple. They are both nice, attractive. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to say they're like boring because they're kind of like your edgy, boring people. Like they probably go to 
cool festivals and like have cool friends um I don't know they seem like they were both you know the popular kid in high school or college um they're fine I have I I don't want to say there's anything wrong with either of them I just there's nothing about either of them that makes me really like them um if you're listening to this and you do really like them please write me and let me know why um, I love hearing other people's thoughts on this and why they like certain characters or why they don't. And, um, you know, I just don't, I thought that I was going to get more out of Hannah on this season. Um, on Colton's season, we really didn't see too much of her personality. And quite frankly, I didn't see much of her personality on Paradise. If anything, I saw more of Dylan's personality. And by personality, I mean like just the fact that he seems like an upstanding guy that he like values his family he values relationships he is pretty mature for his age at least it seems like it in relationships um and he's very respectful and I think that I probably enjoyed Dylan more than Hannah and Hannah's drama of like not deciding which guy she wanted to date to you know, getting upset with Tasha and calling her a mean girl, which was definitely unwarranted. I don't know. And nothing that Hannah did this season really made me go, oh, yeah, like now I, I see why everyone really likes her. Um, but I don't know. You know, she seems fine. Um, you know, I think she's probably still figuring herself out, and um, which is totally fair. And I just, I hope that... They both are able to take risk as she moves out to L.A. And that they can really uncover if they really are meant to be. And I will just say it here. I would be fine if they keep dating and if they want to get married eventually, that's great. But I'm really not gunning for their relationship. I would also not be surprised if they break up in six months or they break up in two years. If they date for two years and then break up. Um... Or if they date for three more years and then get married. Um, I just think they're so young. Um, Not that age is an indicator of if you're ready for marriage. But they seem, at least Hannah seems like there's still so much she wants to figure out. And she doesn't really seem as marriage minded as I think some of the women like Tasha or Katie are. So I don't know. We shall see. I'm going to put my bets that they're not going to get married. So, so far, my bets would be that, um, God, who do we have engaged? We have Demi and Christian. My bet is that they don't get married, that this, you know, happens, that maybe if they get married, it's a low-key ceremony. It happens in, like, a year and a half. But I think Demi is going to be in the media a lot. I think Christian will be supportive. Um... But I don't know. Something about it makes me think I could find it being an explosive breakup and that they break up eventually. Um, That's just my gut. My gut is also that Hannah and Dylan will date for a few years and either they will get married at least two years from now or they will break up at least two years from now. And then next, our last engaged couple is Chris and Katie. And... Wow, this is definitely the most complicated of the remaining couples. Chris and Katie, I adore watching them. I think they are very, um, both of them are very real on camera. I feel like they have no problem 
being themselves on camera, the good and the bad. And I think that's really needed for good television. So I appreciate the producers showing their story throughout. Um, this is one of like the few storylines that I was like, okay, the producers did it justice by like not making it seem like a perfect couple when it was on air and not making it seem like a bad couple. Like they showed us both sides. Um, probably because they didn't know what direction was going to happen, like the couple was going to go. So, um, versus like with Hannah and Dylan, they didn't show anything bad. So in our minds, we think they're like a perfect couple and they're great. Um, I just want to note something. So although Hannah and Dylan might appear like a perfect, great couple, and you might be listening and thinking, why is Marilee such a hater? Like maybe she doesn't believe in love or why is she, she thinks they're too young. No, guys, I have several friends who got married young. I am such a believer in love, but there's something that they don't have that Jade and Tanner, let's compare the two. Jade and Tanner were a couple from the beginning on their season. They had really no drama. Like, there was not really any drama with them. Um, and then they got engaged. So, a very seemingly story li- similar storyline. Carly and Evan didn't have that storyline. Chris and Crystal didn't have that storyline. Those couples had more of a tumultuous storyline. Um, but Jade and Tanner, if you don't know the full story, they um, got pregnant right after Paradise. Um, so obviously they were having sex and, um, Jade found out she was pregnant and this was maybe like September after paradise. So that just made them expedite, um, her move. You know, they were at that point deciding, um, if she was going to move to Kansas. And when she found out she was pregnant, they were like, well, we, we should just have to make this work. Like we're engaged. Like we're not going to have a baby and not be married. So she moved to Kansas City, and I think that made the relationship stronger because they were pregnant and, like, they knew they had to take on not just a new relationship in the media or in just a new relationship, but they had to take on a, a baby. And fortunately or unfortunately, uh, she miscarried soon after. So, of course, that was tumultuous for her emotionally, and... Um, you know, it was weird, too, for Tanner. Um, they both have said, I've listened to them speak about this on podcast, that in a way they're grateful that they didn't have um, a baby then. Um, they think they're glad, you know, in a way it happened because they don't know. Had they not gotten pregnant, they might not be together. They really honestly said that. They're like, honestly, the relationship was not very strong when we got out of paradise. And had we not gotten pregnant, like maybe we never would have stayed together. Maybe we would have been like, well, the distance is there. And, you know, maybe they just would have broken up. And uh, I think that it's it's just an, a thing to like kind of observe that with Hannah and Dylan, it's great they're going to move in the same city, maybe even the same apartment. Um, but I don't think that necessarily means that that means they're going to get married and have babies or get married at all. So all this to say is Hannah and Dylan are together. They look strong as of now. Um, and then Chris and Katie. So Chris and Katie don't look strong, but I think they're relatively strong. That's just my intuition. Here's the relevant information. Chris cannot, um, articulate well, 
his feelings. And the reality is you can tell he likes Katie. Like, he is intoxicated by her. He dated one girl before Katie for, like, two, two and a half years and couldn't bring himself to propose. Okay, that's a problem. Like, most guys date a girl for a year and a half, two and a half years, and they're like, yeah, I want to marry that one. And they know it. Whether or not they do it right away is another thing. But if he dated someone for that long and couldn't bring himself to propose when he was, like, totally of age where he should be getting married by now you know he lives in Chicago like most people who are 30 are then are married um yeah he probably felt the pressure and he probably thought something was really weird that he just didn't want to marry her but then you have Katie and he dates her for like three weeks and he's ready to propose I mean I don't think that's a coincidence I don't think that's just for TV um Chris has been around the block on The Bachelor He's been on six shows. Some of them are just for, like, an episode. So let's not give him a ton of of crap, right? Like, Chris was on uh, Emily Maynard's season. And, um, I mean, if you really want the rundown, just give me a second. I'll give it to you. Okay, so for a quick rundown of Chris Bukowski's history with The Bachelor, here you go. So just imagine a young 25-year-old Chris, um, because that's what he was. When he first came on our screens back in 2012, um, Chris was less than three years out of college when he started filming in March of 2012 for Emily Maynard's season, which was premiered a few months later. Um, so that's the first time we saw Chris, his first appearance. The second appearance was then later that summer. So he did Emily's season, and then that summer he did Bachelor Pad. Uh, and at that point, we were already on Bachelor Pad number three. So this is like, just like Paradise is in a groove of how it goes, like Bachelor Pad was in a groove. So, I mean, people were kind of used to what they should expect um, as far as like the competition of the show and the nature of like all of the people, they all lived in the house together. So it was very different than how Paradise is. Um, but anyway... This is, like, where he became villainized. He went from being top four in Emily Maynard's season and, like, pretty favorably looked upon. Like, there was nothing, like, blaringly bad about him as his character. Um, And then he came on Bachelor Pad and just, oof, was just rough. Like, his attitude towards women and the women he was dating on the show and... It was kind of, like, real world. Like, if you guys remember from the 90s, it was a show where... um, everyone hooked up with everyone in the house so the situation of bachelor pad was really kind of similar to paradise and that you dated different multiple people on the beach but in bachelor pad i mean you were all under one house they were all in the bachelor mansion so it was definitely crazy um so he got a bad rep rep then and mind you he's like a 25 year year old guy he's being dumb like it's pretty common. Then he came on the bat. He tried to come a few years later, fast forward two more years. Andy Dorfman was named the bachelorette and he wanted to date Andy Dorfman. He's like, okay, why don't I like try to be on her season? So he was literally on the show for like just the night, night one. And Andy wouldn't even see him and like security took him away. So that's it. So we'll call that his third appearance of batch on the bachelor. Uh, his fourth was then, then they changed it up and they started doing Paradise. So the very first season of Paradise was five years ago. 
It's crazy. Honestly, it doesn't feel like five years ago, but it was, I guess. So five years ago, he was on Paradise. Um, you know, and at this point in 2014, he would have been so like 27 at this point. Uh, and a 27-year-old guy might be a little more mature, hopefully. Um, so he went to Paradise specifically, you know, for who knows what reason. Um, he later told us that he got caught up in the whole being on TV thing. And so he kind of like lost himself. So he's was probably losing himself at this point as a person. Um, he dated this girl, Elise, and they dated on the show. They left the show together. And then in real life, they broke up like pretty soon after the show finished airing. Um, and then he came back again the next year. Now, at this point, I think this is when people are like, wait, really? Like, this guy is still here. He's been on The Bachelor. He's been on Bachelor Pad, and he was a joke. So he went from, like, being, like, a respectable guy to falling from grace to kind of being a joke by showing up and Andy not even wanting to date him to then going on a show, we think, hope he's ready for love, and he's clearly not because they break up really soon after the show finishes airing. To then, he comes back again. And people are like, oh my lord, it's your freaking fifth time on the show. Um, And it doesn't matter how old you are. Like, that's crazy. So he came back exactly a year later. So everyone everyone at this point watching the show knows who he is. Um, And he said he wanted to date Tenley. And I guess he asked her on a date. And at this point, she would have been dating Josh. There was... um, a really nice Midwestern guy she was dating named Josh. She dated him through pretty much that entire season of Paradise. Um, but I think she was really trying to feel out that relationship and didn't think that she would really have chemistry with Chris. So she didn't go out with Chris. And then rather than just, you know, okay, I'll just hook up with whoever, he left. He was like, all right, if Tenley doesn't want to date me, then I'm out. Which I respect. It wasn't like he was just trying to, like, just date everyone. I think he just, you know, maybe was trying to date people on national television. So, all that to say, he didn't date Henley. He left Bachelor in Paradise 2. Again, now this is four years ago. And then, so this year, him coming back on Paradise again, he hasn't been on TV in four years. Like, clearly he's had to do other things with his life. He is not selling tummy tea or he's not selling, you know, um, the box subscriptions. He's not on Instagram selling stuff. So Chris has had to be a normal adult and has his own career, and I respect that. So, you know, as much as people are giving him crap for coming back on TV now, I think it's very different who he is now versus that 25-year-old guy we saw on Bachelor Pad years ago. So I just want to give you that background information on Chris Bukowski. But Chris has been on a lot of Bachelor shows. And I've never seen him fall anywhere close to as hard as the way he has fallen for Katie. So I do believe it's genuine. I do believe that she seems a very, to be an emotional person who expresses every thought, every high and low. And I think that's a lot for him to adjust to. Now, do I think that that means he doesn't love her? No, I do think he loves her. I think his actions and his excitement is there. Um, 
I just think we have to remember that all personalities are different. Um, I just watched them on um, Strahan. What's the show? Strahan, Kiki, and someone. Um, anyway, they were on TV, and he looked so happy, and they sat down, and you know, sometimes it's really smart to notice people's body language and what they choose to do and when they know they're on the camera or what they just choose to do kind of in a natural sense. Um, As I was saying that, you know, on the show, he held her hand at a time when the cameras were not on him. So this is on Strahan, Sarah, and Kiki. Um, the film, the camera was not on just their couple. It was on them and Hannah and Dylan and then Ashley and Jared were there as well. And it was a moment where the film, the camera was just kind of talking, I think to Hannah and Dylan actually. And he noticed that Katie's hand was now resting on her chair right by his. So he grabbed it and then like, you know, put his hand into her hand and clearly clasped it. And, uh, every time they would like clap they would clap and then they'd go back to holding hands and I just think their body language even their legs were facing each other um they seemed very connected so my guess for this couple is that there are highs and lows um and with a couple like that I really can't predict if that means they're gonna last or they're not gonna last because there are plenty of couples who decide or you know decide and make the choice to pursue the relationship and they're that way or they're couples like that who then break up because they are high and low um so i i don't think that's any indication if that means they're gonna get married or not they don't seem like their lows are that low um but it was just really nice to see their interview and that uh it seems like they're strong now and uh they said they discovered their love languages chris's is quality time while Katie's is acts of service and quite honestly I think that's a huge um can be a huge issue in a relationship I know with me and my husband his uh well his love language when like we first were dating was we're like the reverse of them (laughs) he's acts of service and I am quality time so I would love when we would have you know the whole day together I would just you know eat that up. I was like, oh, this is amazing. But if I only saw him for say an hour or two on the week, during the week or on a weeknight, I would not feel loved. Um, even though he was showing his love by helping me fix things in my apartment or technology or I don't know, he did a lot of things or make, he would make me breakfast or make me dinner. And that was an act of service. And he thought that that was showing love. So I think, when you're not receiving love the way you want to be receiving love, you might not feel as full. Like your love tank might be low. And when your love tank's low, you don't always give as much love. So I totally think that could be part of Katie and Chris's issue. I am so excited to hear that they are working on their relationship. And um, yeah, I really see potential. So with that said, um, that is the end of my analysis on that couple. Um, I put up a post on Instagram just yesterday, last night as the show was airing, and I wanted to see which couples you guys believed in. And it was interesting. Um, So I did a poll, and in my poll I asked you guys which of the couples 
which Bachelor in Paradise couple are you most excited for? Can you get behind? And I asked, is it Hannah and Dylan or Katie and Chris? And mind you, at this point, Demi and Christian's um, proposal had not been aired. So I think everyone can get behind that relationship. Or at least should, right? Like, there's zero, there's honestly nothing in their relationship that makes me go, oh, yeah, like, they're going to break up next week. So, um, but I was comparing Dylan and Hannah and Katie and Chris. And um, the percentages are in. 71% of you are more into Katie and Chris than Hannah and Dylan. So, um, yeah, I, if, if you, uh, are on that train, awesome. We're on the same page. And if you're not, I would love to hear feedback. So with that, I have concluded the BIP analysis and updates. Um, again, I am congratulations to all three newly engaged couples, Hannah and Dylan, Katie and Chris, and um Demi and Christian and I hope I can get one of those people on the podcast soon so stay tuned and um I'll talk to you guys next time more about maybe a previous season of VIP so um I'll see you guys next week have a good one bye-bye